Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Living Life Out Loud. I am your host, Sarah, and today I am going to be talking about Parkinson's disease. Um, Originally, I was going to have a a guest today, but but she was unable to make it. So um, I picked it up and we're going to talk about Parkinson's today. I definitely have a lot of experience with this personally, so um, I felt like it would be a good episode to share. This is actually the 13th episode that we're doing today, so I'm excited. And I have officially booked out until December, which is even more awesome. I'm so excited. Um, But if you are listening and you would like to be a guest on my show and share your story and your life experiences, I would love for you to come on. Um, Just reach out to me at livinglifeoutloud82 at gmail.com. And let me know that you're interested if you're not on any of my social media outlets. Um, I am on Facebook, Instagram, and all that with Living Life Out Loud. So you can look that up if you're interested in contacting me that way or just checking out the pages that I have. Um, But yeah, so if you're interested, let me know. Uh, It will be in a while. It won't be till December or later. They've been filling up really fast, which is amazing and awesome. And I'm so grateful for you guys all sharing your wonderful and amazing stories with me and opening up so much. It's been so cool. And I'm so grateful because I know that somewhere someone listening is can relate and maybe just needed that um, connection with someone else to help them get through their their experience that they're going through right now, whatever it may be. So that's the whole point of this podcast is to try to help everybody or anybody everywhere you know wherever you are it doesn't matter if you're local or if you're far away you could listen to this podcast anywhere um i am pretty much on every podcast outlet that i could be on the only one that's pending right now is the one for pandora so um everywhere else i'm already on so i got it on iHeartRadio, apple music everywhere and um i can always share that in the blog so you guys have more of a If you're not able to hear it on Anchor, you can hear it on a lot of other outlets. So if it's easier for you, I can provide those for you as well. So let's get into this a little bit. So um, I apologize in advance if I do get emotional because this one hits really close to home. Um, You guys, if you don't know me, my mother has Parkinson's disease. And so it's been a learning process. It was something that we never would have imagined that she would have gotten. I guess nobody ever imagines that they're going to get sick, but um, I'll get into like that part of it in a little bit. Um, so let me just give you a little bit of background about Parkinson's disease in case you don't know much about it, just to let you know. Um, it is a progressive nervous system disorder that affects movement. Symptom- symptoms start gradually, sometimes starting with barely noticeable tremors in one hand. Tremors are common, but the disorder also commonly causes stiffness and slowing of movement. So, I guess, you know, the good example, I know most of you guys have seen Michael J. Fox. So, we all know him from Back to the Future, and um, I'm sure you've seen him on interviews. He shakes, and sometimes a a lot more than other times. I mean, it just depends. Um, He is the the quickest example I can give off the top of my head, but there are so many people that have this disease. Um, it's really crazy. So it as uh, Parkinson's is actually the 14th cause of death in the United States. So, and it might actually be higher. That was actually as, um, from, I think a couple of years ago, actually. So it might actually be higher in the closer down to number one. Cause I read somewhere else that it was like third. So, Um, That might have been older information at the time. So 50% of, of, 50% more men than women get Parkinson's disease. It's most common seen in persons 60 years of age or older. However, up to 10% of patients are diagnosed before the age of 50. So there is about 60,000 new cases of Parkinson's disease diagnosed in the United States every year. That's a lot of people. So I can't even imagine. I can't, I can't because, you know, I have the one person in my life that means the world to me 
and she has it and it sucks guys let me i mean i can go into scientific data and i'll i'll explain more about what is actually happening actually i should probably do that first and then i'll get into my mom's stuff um so scientists think that about 10 to 15 percent of persons with parkinson's may have a genetic mutation that predisposes them to the development of this disease which in my mom's case she did my her great uncle had parkinson's and died of it and that was a long time ago but it was as far as i know her great uncle was the one that had it so um it was in her family it was down the line pretty far down so i don't think it it ever crossed her mind that she would be somebody that got it you know i guess we kind of figured it just skipped or maybe you know maybe it just wasn't in the family like we thought you know and what we hoped um causes of parkinson's disease occur so it's kind of scientifical you know whatever explanation um it occurs when nerve cells neurons in the area of the brain called okay forgive me people that can pronounce things i can't um substantia nigra um they become impaired or die. These cells normally produce dopamine, a chemical that helps cells of the brain communicate when these nerve cells become impaired or, or sorry, help communicate. So when these nerve cells become impaired or die, they produce less dopamine. The dopamine is important because it operates. Here's another one. The. Oh, man. Bus. Bustle. Ganglia part of the brain that commands the body movement so okay that's enough of my reading off the definition i just wanted you guys to get an idea of what is happening in your brain so these neurons they the ones that produce the dopamine they like they turn off they get impaired or they die they just stop working and it causes them to um produce less of the dopamine and that's what you need to control the movement of your body so it really um yeah it just it it affects everything from you know it could be just your hand shaking a lot it could be um just it, like one side of your body it could be anything you know it starts to affect it sometimes i mean everybody's different everybody's cases are different your symptoms include anywhere from tremors slow to slowness sorry slowness of movement rigid muscles stiff limbs unsteady walking and balance coordination problems uh, muscle twisting spasms and and cramps um, and kind of like a stooped posture so there are four different stages of parkinson's you have the early one early to mid stage threes mid to late stage and then there's advanced stage so getting into stuff about my mom a little bit so my mom i would rate at about a stage three she is pretty high um advanced i mean she's mid advanced like she's mid late i guess but already crossing into advanced so um she's in bad shape and and it's awful it's awful to see her parent just withering you know it's hard to see every day um and i knew i was gonna get emotional because i love my mom you know i love her so much and it's so hard to see her in this state of her life and i know she's so depressed and sad and she can't do much and and from what she was before if any of you knew me and any of you who are my friends that came over you guys knew my mom was like always on it i mean she was mean <laughs> she has a, she's a mexican she's got attitude you know what do you expect but she was always running around she always did everything she worked all the time seven days a week she was running the business helping my dad everything you know and it's really it really wakes you up to see your parent go from a hundred miles to nothing to you know not even a mile it's hard to see um yeah watching this has been quite the eye-opening experience to appreciate life on my end you know and to um cherish the time that i have with her 
so when we let's see so about three years ago um she started feeling weird like she had dropped um because my parents painted billboards they are sign painters they got out there dug the holes did everything they did the whole part they didn't they had a worker later on when they got a little bit older but they did it all my whole childhood we'd go with them every time and so they have these um post hole diggers like you know the ones that you they're real heavy and it kind of it breaks up the ground and then you could dig out the dirt it loosens it up so she had one and i guess it slipped and it fell onto her foot onto her right foot and it slammed on her foot and it really hurt her she didn't want to go to the doctor she thought she'd just wrap it up and it'd be fine it just had like a massive bruise on it we thought she broke something she insisted that she wasn't that she did not want to go to the doctor and you know those of you that deal with any of your parents you know like parents can be stubborn and it can be really hard to to get them to you know to want to go to the doctor for one anyway so she didn't she got a little she got better from it bruise healed and and she was able to walk later on we started noticing like that she was having kind of a little bit of shaking on her right foot so we thought maybe it was just nerve damage caused by by dropping the thing um uh, let's say maybe seven months eight months later we started noticing her favoring her right hand like kind of babying her right hand and she would always have it on the side of her hand side of her waist and she wasn't shaking but she just kept it on the side you know kind of um didn't want to use it as much and and it wasn't noticeable shaking but it doesn't mean that she didn't have it already um she could have had like small tremors inside that she was feeling and that she didn't understand what it was so and she didn't tell us now her and my dad are very very much the people that don't want to trouble anybody don't want you to worry about them and don't want to deal with it so she never told us nothing about that we just noticed that it was you know getting a little bit more and more um she started trying cbd oil which i thought was working for a while she was she didn't want to use it at first because she thought it was you know straight just marijuana and she was doing drugs and my mom is so against all that she's such a good person she doesn't drink she doesn't smoke she doesn't do she's never done any of that stuff in her whole life so it was a lot for her just to even take the cbd oil which she used on her foot and and it helped it did but i think that her mind has always been kind of like i want results now you know and it just wasn't that just wasn't something that that happened it wasn't improving so um let's see her shaking had increased then like the tremor started to be a little more noticeable in her hand in her right hand and um she started dragging her right foot now she just blamed dropping the that pipe on her foot so that was the whole thing that was it she said that's what it was it caused damage and it's causing damage all the way up to my arm because maybe 30 years prior to that she had had surgery on her shoulder on her right shoulder so somehow she convinced herself that it was a nerve somehow that was connected all the way up to her shoulder that made her arm twitch as well as her leg um and i guess in reality you want to believe that I did. I wanted to believe that it wasn't nothing major. It was probably just nerve damage. She had gone to the doctor, which I won't say his name, but I will never recommend him to anybody. And if you have Parkinson's and you're local here that you would go to the doctors here in Belen, please contact me because this doctor is awful. Um, he just kind of brushed off my mom. She would go to the doctor and say he would tell her oh it's nothing you know it's probably just nerve damage it's nothing um just put a wrap on it you'll be fine and then the, the arm he couldn't explain it he just thought oh it's just uh you know it just happens sometimes as you get older this kind of stuff happens i am livid to this doctor i i i shouldn't say hate i don't hate anybody i dislike them very much um <laughs> but 
this guy and 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 you got to remember at this point of this whole experience so far my mom was still able to walk she was able to go drive herself places she was going to the store she was doing things on her own still and my mom has always been it's none of your business not me like like just just in general for anything concerning them as far as like business health money anything you know just it's not your business you're our kid you mind your business and don't worry about it unless I bring it up to you you know unless it's something that I have to tell you about it was not for us to know like it just you know how did your doctor's appointment go good it went fine he didn't find nothing you know that was the extent of the information I'd get okay so after multiple times of not being helped um I kept pushing her and telling her you gotta you gotta find something there's gotta be more to this because it was getting worse and it was getting to a point where I would take her to the store and I you know I'd take her on farther drives if I needed to because uh it was getting harder for her to drive like if she wasn't feeling comfortable driving um and it just was like it got weird it got different so finally he referred us to a doctor in Albuquerque um that was a neurologist and so we we make the appointment we have to wait several months mind you this is a long process so if you are dealing with Parkinson's I sympathize with you because it takes forever for people to help you for people to tell you what it is for people to do anything it's so frustrating so we get in with him um and he is i mean like most doctors i guess you could say like desensitized to emotion he actually let me back up a minute because they sent her that doctor actually sent her to have a brain scan so we went to that first me and my dad took her to that appointment they scanned her brain and everything and and that was that so then about two weeks later we got in to finally talk with the actual neuro- neurologist he takes us back he wants us all in there um that was the first sign of oh shit you know <laughs> um he sits us all down and goes over and like pretty much shows us her brain and it's actually pretty cool to see you know and I still have the disc that I could look at um but you know just kind of goes over it and says everything looks good like everything's okay uh, as far as your brain functioning um and your dopamine levels are a little bit low at the time I know jack shit about Parkinson's disease I know that I have participated in walks to like help raise money for the disease, not in any connection to my mom. I know that I've read about it. Yeah. But in passing, like I've read and understand a little bit. I know about the tremors. I know about like the basic, basic things, you know, I don't know about the neuro, ner- the, what is it? The neurons and the, the dopamine and all this stuff that goes on. I don't, I don't know that much about it. Honestly, I didn't. Um, so that didn't red flag me right away um but then he like started pointing out her symptoms and he says i am 100 percent sure you have parkinson's disease and um oh my god i remember the look on her face was so sad her face just like stopped like you could see every ounce of her just stopped it was like she hit a brick wall and my dad like put his head down and he gets her hand and he didn't say nothing and I, I was I was sitting on the chair away from the table like you know a little ways so that they could fit at the table it was a small table and uh, I just remember her face just was so sad it was so sad just that loss of life like her her thought just stopped and and he was so blunt he reminded me a lot of the doctor that told us about our daughter that had passed very blunt very cold you know like this is what it is and that's it you know there's nothing you can do about it you're just gonna live with it forever and probably die of it you know so my dad didn't like the doctor 
and my dad got a little pissed a little bitchy with him which i don't blame him when someone treats you that way it's hard not to react especially when they give you hard news like that um so i kind of pushed got pushed for them to leave i was like okay let's go we gotta go like because i could tell that my mom was like about to break down and i could tell that my dad was about to kick his ass my dad is an older man so you know five years ago he was still 90 so you know it was not it wasn't even five years ago it was only three uh so anyway he um he told her you know we gotta send you to the parkinson's um place in albuquerque they specialize in parkinson's at unm and they'll be able to start helping you, you know, so we could get you on your medicine or he'll prescribe medicine for her and and we'll go from there. That was like the plan. OK, so. So we went, we left, you know, my mom was just devastated. And um, I remember uh, I think I, I actually drove her home at that. After that, I told her, just let me drive. That was, you know, that was a lot for her to handle. Um she did cry once we got in the truck uh, my dad my dad teared up too it was it was hard news you know but in reality when you get news like that it doesn't mean to you're just gonna die you know what i mean like i mean unless they specify that and say it out like that but even then I think your mind has so much more power and your heart and your soul have so much more power than we give it credit. Like you really could, you could survive things that you don't think you can. If you tell your mind you're going to survive it, if you tell your mind you're going to be okay and you fight it with your all being, you know, I wholeheartedly believe you can, you can get better. You can feel better. You might not get rid of it, but you can feel and still live an amazing life with any disease you know you appreciate every day the gratitude that you have for life um it can it can it can move mountains you know uh so in my mom's case that was not the case she did not respond well to hearing she had parkinson's um she shut off for a few months she didn't want to do nothing she said that see at this time I'm not t- her full caretaker. I just take care of them, but not not like I do now. Like I would go get them groceries or whatever, and um, she was still functioning. But when she got that news, she shut her heart off. She shut her mind off. She shut everything off and accepted it as a death sentence, and that was it. So her mind convinced her that that was all accept it you have it you're not getting rid of it when we talked to her primary doctor he told us that he did not like the doctor that we went to that he sent us to mind you he had personal issues with him now i know i'm not the only one that thinks this but when a doctor tells you all the personal problems that he has with another doctor and decides that he doesn't believe his diagnosis because he doesn't like him as a person and he did this to him when they were younger and you know that just jacks me up i just get so mad because i think you're bringing your personal opinion about a doctor that he might be an excellent doctor you know but because you personally had a bicker with him when you were a kid or whatever the hell it was you're bringing that on to us and to all your all your patients that deal with parkinson's and he told my mom i don't believe him i don't like the, him as a doctor so i don't believe him i think you should get a second opinion which naturally you want a second opinion anyway because that's a big diagnosis you just want to make sure right excuse me so um i didn't like that but the main doctor, the neurologist, did prescribe her carbidopalepidopa, which is the main do- the main medicine that you can use to treat Parkinson's. Um, he prescribed it, and she was supposed to take it four times a day. They told us to take it with food, and um, you know, four times a day she's supposed to take it. <sighs> 
So after hearing that the doctor, the primary doctor said that he didn't believe him, that he didn't like him, whatever, my mom kind of latched onto that and said, okay, well, then this doctor's wrong. The other doctor must be wrong and I'm not going to take him. I'm not going to take the pills. I don't believe it. Now I don't believe it. So um, she would take it uh, at first three times a day. Then it got down to two times a day. And mind you, they did, like, I did call and try to get the prescription adjusted. The primary did adjust it for me a couple times because she was saying that it was just making her sick. Um, again, no advice about the pills because he didn't believe she had it. He was against her taking those pills from the start. So she got all the way down to just taking one, one a day, which if, you know, I mean, I don't know how many of you know much about the Parkinson's disease and the carbidopa levodopa, but you need to take multiple pills for it to be effective. And it doesn't help you if you're taking it at night, which was another thing he told us is okay to do. So, I mean, everything was working against us with this as our primary doctor. This was just the worst person we could ever find. Um, so, it went on like that. She would sleep okay because she'd take her pill before bed and she'd only take the one pill. Then all day she would be miserable. She'd be shaking like crazy and wouldn't want to eat. And it was just, it was just shit. You know, it was, it was bad. So fast forward a little bit. We waited and waited to hear back from UNM. Never heard back from them to this day that I knew at the time. Um, my mom just said, no one's ever called me. No one's ever written me. No one's ever said nothing. Like they never reached out to me. So that was pretty hard of a hit. So mind you, that was a year that we waited for them. <sighs> okay. So I'm trying to keep the years in order. Okay. So then circle around to no, we'll just fast forward up to November last year. Cause nothing really happened between the time after waiting for them other than she just progressed a little bit more and was just taking one pill she was just not happy she just that was all she was doing fast forward to uh oh no rewind june of last year my mom calls me and says i need you to get me some band-aids or some burn medicine from walgreens because i burnt my arm and I thought, what happened? She's like, my shirt caught on fire um, from a candle I was lighting. And it burnt my arm a little bit. And I just need something to put on it. Okay, I'll go get it for you. I went and got it and actually picked her up to go run an errand. And I told her, like, where's your burn at? She shows me her arm on, so like under your armpit, like behind your back, kind of right there. And I moved the shirt and I saw like this big spot. And then I thought, oh my God, mom, like that's a pretty nasty burn. That's not something you should just put some burn cream on and move on. That's like, we should take you to the doctor. And then I moved the shirt a little bit more and I saw that it went down a little bit farther. Oh my gosh, she had bubbles already, blisters. I said, no, we have got to take you to the hospital, mom. That's like not safe. You're, you burnt yourself really bad. Um... So I went home, told my dad, you know, I have to take her. This is not okay. So I took her to the hospital and they, we helped her get her shirt off. Oh my gosh. She lifted up her arm and it, it made me cry because she had the biggest burn on her arm from the front under her armpit all the way onto her back. And oh my gosh, I remember just seeing it and it was so bad, like just the worst burn I've ever seen like she was burnt like burnt burnt like black burnt like you burnt your paper it was awful and she was so willing to hide it because she didn't want to deal with it she just was like no it'll be fine turns out she had a third degree burn um I think and she had like second degree burns in certain spots and we ended up having to take her to Albuquerque to the emergency room up there to the burn unit because it was so bad. And so we get there, they clean it, they bandaged her, and the doctor says, you need surgery. You can't leave it like this. You're not going to be able to lift your arm if we don't do surgery. We're going to have to do a skin graft and um, 
you know, you got to take care of it. You can't leave it like this. So she was against it a thousand percent. And when they walked out of the room, they, she turned and told me, I'm going to die if you let them give me surgery. And just hear those words. If your parent told you that, like stone faced, serious, like not flinch, just I'm going to die. And I, 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 what, what was I supposed to do? Like, I'm freaking out. I'm sure I called my sister at some point in that freaking out because I call her all the time when I freak out. And I remember saying, well, can you let us decide? You know, we had, he said, I'll give you two days. You have to do it here within the two days, because if not, it's just going to get worse. You know, you got to take care of it. Um, and I, just strongly recommend you get the surgery. That's what we need to do. So she gets home and she says, no, I'm not going to do it. I refuse to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have surgery. I will die. Mind you, my mom was probably about a hundred and maybe 105, 109 pounds at the time. Okay, so she is pretty thin. She's already lost a lot of weight from being sick with Parkinson's. And she was really worried about having surgery, being a Parkinson's patient, you know, being someone with Parkinson's, even though she didn't believe that she had it um, and didn't want to. Um, it was uh, it was hard for her. She just didn't think she would survive having a surgery like that on her arm. So they told us, OK, you don't have to have the surgery, but your daughter's going to have to take care of you every day. You're going to have to have your bandages changed in the morning, in the evening, and you're going to have to put this cream on every single day. You have to take care of it. And I said, I'm 100% okay with taking care of her. Like, whatever I need to do, I will do it. So that started. That is pretty much where my caretaking started in November of last year. Or not November, uh, June of last year. So... I would go every morning, I would go every evening, I would go buy their groceries, and I was just doing it on my own because that's just what you're supposed to do as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I'd help my dad because she couldn't cook. So I started making breakfast for him and, and cooking for him dinner and stuff. <clears throat> that is where it started. Uh, so it took, oh, it took well over 30 days. It was probably closer to 60 days for it to heal. And I had to put cream on every single day for her. Uh, yeah, it was probably in August when it started to look better. You know, it was healing and it was like scabbing over and slowly falling off. And it was just an awful, painful experience for her. It hurt her so bad. She was in pain all the time. They had her on pain meds. It was just awful for her. And I remember thinking like, man, like, could it have been better if she'd have done the surgery or would it have been worse for her? You know, what if she would have died? You know, just so many things you think about. Um, but anyway, she had gotten fully healed and the last piece of the scab fell off in mid-November. And I was so excited for her because I told her, yay, we're, you know, we're done. We could put the cream on. They told us we could do it, you know if we wanted to once a day, if not, you know, every other day, like she was already getting better, but she still had the scar, mind you, and it was still very sensitive, but it wasn't as bad as it had been. So she looked really good. She was able to like keep walking and stuff. Um, and remember the whole time she has that really deep dip when she walks, like she drags her right foot and she dips down. She had been doing that for a long time because of the Parkinson's. Um, so that very day, I mean, we were all excited. My dad was excited. Everything was good. And that night, I went back to, to put her cream anyway. You know, I went to go put it on that night. And I come in the house, and she's on the floor in the kitchen. And my dad's trying to, like, he's standing by her, and he's kind of, like, panicking. And, and it was literally two minutes before I got there, like, I, literally two minutes before I got there. And I was like, what happened? Like, what's wrong? And she's like, I fell. I slipped. And she couldn't get up. So I had to pick her up and put her on the chair. And she was just like, ah, like an in insane amount of pain. And so I had to carry her to the bed 
and put her in bed, which was so hard. It was so painful for her. And I didn't know what happened. I didn't know it was her. She didn't want to call the ambulance. Like just awful when your parent doesn't want to cooperate. It's so hard. So I just tried to take care of her. She couldn't get up. I had to carry her like just it was just so bad. I remember helping her, trying to help her to the bathroom. Just little things were just so hard. Um, And she was in so much pain. And she insisted on not going to the doctor. And we waited a day, two days, three days. And I was just like, Mom, this is something's wrong. Like, this isn't okay. You can't get up out of bed. You literally can't move. So... She finally, I told her, if you're not better by tomorrow, I'm calling the ambulance and we're going to take you to the hospital. So finally that morning I, I went in and she couldn't move at all. Like she couldn't get up. She couldn't move. She couldn't walk. She couldn't stand. She couldn't even sit up in bed. She was in insane amount of pain. And I told her, okay, I'm calling 911. That's it. Like I got to call for help because you, you, something's wrong. You know, and I can't pick you up. I can't even move you because it hurts her. So I did. I called the ambulance. They came. They carefully took her out, um, took her to the hospital. We got her settled in. They did x-rays. She broke her hip. She broke her damn hip. She's so frail as it is that she just broke, you know, and I knew. I kind of knew that that's what it was. I kind of figured at least some kind of fracture or something, but she broke her hip. And um, they told her. You have to have surgery. Here we go again. I'm going to die. Okay, no. I'm not going to. No, we can't do that. I told her, Mom, you can't have that kind of attitude towards it. This is dangerous. Like you have a broken hip. If they do it, I'm going to die. That's what she would tell me. The doctor came in and I told him she doesn't want to because she's scared she's going to die. And he told her, just looked her in the eye and said, look, if you don't get this surgery, you are going to be confined to your bed. You will no longer walk. You're going to get to a point where you're not going to be able to walk at all on your own. You're just going to be laying in bed until you die and you will die sooner than later. And I looked at her and I started crying and I said, Mom, I don't want you to die. Don't do this. Like, let's just do the surgery. Let's get help. Like, they know what they're doing. He explained to her that he's got more than enough experience with Parkinson's patients, that it's not other than that. She's a healthy woman. And me and him both convinced her to just do it we did it we we went i flew home to pick up my dad so he could say hi and bye to her for god forbid if it was something went wrong um i did want him to say his him you know his his bye to her and he was emotional it was hard because my dad's old and he i had to push him in the wheelchair and get him to the hospital i couldn't go in because um they were just allowing, you know, uh, one person at a time. Or no, no, they let me roll him in that time. That comes later. Anyway, so we said bye. She went into surgery. She had surgery. She did great. Everything worked out perfect. Then she had to recover. So I visited her every single day, twice a day. Um, no, just once a day because they didn't let me go in twice. But then they moved her to the, um, what's it called? The... Uh, what's it called? Rehab. Rehabilitation. They sent her there and she was doing good there. They did physical therapy with her and they, they got her to stand up again and, and it was a slow process and it was painful, I'm sure. Um, But they got her up to a standard where she was okay to come home. So we brought her home. Uh, I know this is kind of long, but this is just like the process that we've been through. Um we get her home everybody's okay for a minute and like um two weeks go by and my dad gets real sick my dad or i get sick no <laughs> i'm all confused now my dad yeah my dad started showing a little bit of symptoms mind you this is when covid was just starting this is when was it already started i think yeah it was already started 2019 so yeah this is 2020 so November, late November, 
Uh, my dad started getting kind of sick. We were worried about him because he's old and, you know, getting a cold is, is a big deal when you're 95, 94. Um, so he got to a point where he had a real bad fever and he was just really sick. And so I had been going all day to check on him to be there and, you know, try to help him however I could. And then I woke up the next morning and I was sick. I didn't have any taste. I didn't, couldn't smell anything. Like I instantly knew and I was terrified because I knew I had COVID. And I called my sister hysterical because I thought I was going to die too. Here we go again. And um, my husband called me down and was like, it'll be all right. You know, we just got to You got to calm down. And I called my sister hysterical and she says, I'll be there tomorrow. She got a plane ticket and flew from Pennsylvania out here that very next morning. Thank God. <laughs> and, and she got to my parents as she, I told her, you have to take care of them because I'm sick. Like I can't get them sick. I can't get my daughter sick. My husband, like this is awful, you know? Obviously my husband was exposed to me already because we've already been by each other. We live, we sleep next to each other, everything. I had been functioning at normal capacity until that hit me right there in that morning. Um, I didn't shut down. My body tried to. It was really hard to breathe. It was hard. Um, but so my sister was there that one night, that first night, and my dad's legs just stopped working. Like it was like he couldn't stand up on his own. She was trying to help him go to the bathroom, like just all his weight on her by herself trying to help him. It was awful. And she called me and was like, we have to call the ambulance. We have to take him to the hospital that morning. When I went by, I was like, shit, dude, like what happens? Like what if he has COVID already? And, and you know, what if he dies? Like that was just my terrifying moment that at that time, you know, already I'd been faced with my mom almost not, she didn't almost die, but just her instilling that in my mind already programmed me to be scared you know to be worried um and they came we had to call the ambulance they came for my dad and I was just crying I love my dad and mom so much <laughs> and my sister hugged me and was like it'll be okay and I remember telling my dad bye and I loved him so much <laughs> and you don't know if that's it you know you don't know what's gonna happen and I took him and that afternoon they called and told us he had COVID. And so I hadn't I hadn't gotten tested yet. I didn't know for sure if I had it. I just felt like something was really wrong because I couldn't breathe. I couldn't taste. My body hurt. So I knew I was sick with something. I just didn't and I figured it was COVID because you hear about it all the time. Anyway. So my dad stayed in the hospital about five days. They treated him and everything and uh, he's on oxygen. But he's tough and he fought it. He did fight. He fought, fought, and fought. And he finally gets to come home. Uh, my sister had to stay here two weeks because she had to quarantine because she had been exposed by all of us. You know, all of us were exposed to it. Turns out my mom's asymptomatic and my sister's asymptomatic. So my mom, once my dad went in the hospital, we all went and got tested. Uh, my sister was negative. My daughter, my husband, and my mom and myself were all positive. Uh, my mom had no symptoms. So we figured that when she came home from rehab, she probably had already been exposed to it and didn't know. She didn't even show any symptoms. And then my dad got it. Then I got it. And so on and so forth. So that was the next blow. My dad in the hospital. Okay, so my mom finally started her physical therapy in... God, I want to say December, maybe even the beginning of January. I think it was the beginning of January after everything happened. Um, she's doing physical therapy, speech therapy. Uh, she was supposed to do occupational therapy. Uh, the guy never showed up. The, the company we dealt with was just awful as well. The physical therapist didn't do anything with her the entire time other than a couple exercises in bed and never made her stand up. The whole point was to make her try to walk again, normal. Didn't help her just awful awful company at least you know to my standards i thought that they would have done a way better job they kind of just were in and out 30 minutes didn't really care you tell them something they never really responded the nurse never even actually 
um, discharged or said that she was going to discharge my mom. She just stopped calling, stopped answering my calls, left us kind of hanging. So I reached out to her um, primary, the same dumbass, and I told him that she needs more physical therapy. He says he still doesn't believe she has Parkinson's. We put in for another referral. Actually, we put that referral in. We were still waiting on that same one for the year. It's already had passed a year. We finally got a call from the doctors in Albuquerque saying that they were going to schedule her in April for her um, second opinion for the neurologist, a new neurologist at Loveless. So we had anticipated that for a long time. And, um, you know going through all this stuff we were going through is it was really back and forth between my dad and my mom if it wasn't my dad it was my mom my dad had to have physical therapy after covid he had to be put on oxygen so he's on it at nighttime or when he sleeps he has to wear it um my mom did the physical therapy and and what two months worth i think maybe and it didn't help and so they prescribed her again and they got we got a different company that time we actually used the company that my dad was using uh and and they're amazing i love them and i'm gonna say their name because um they are just outstanding um if i can remember it darn it (laughs) um i'll have to look at it but i'll get that name in a minute anyway so they had Armada. It's Armada. I'm sorry. I just had a brain fart. I apologize. So it, it's called Armada and, and they're just outstanding. So Diane was my dad's therapist and she became my mom's therapist, physical therapist. And just the effort, the emotion, the care that she put into both of them. I just love her to death because she was so amazing. So much help. Um, she got my mom up from the start. She had her walking. She was trying to have her walk. My mom would resist and resist. My mom would throw temp- temper tantrums at me. Um, Parkinson's changes you. It does. It, and it, I, I think everybody's in their own difference. But where my mom, it made her mean. It made her angry. And I am number one target because I'm there every single day, pretty much all day. Um, so I took a lot of anger from her a lot of mistreatment because she was mad she was unhappy and while she was in the hospital I forgot to mention I had cleaned out her room I cleaned out a lot of stuff a lot of garbage just she was becoming like a hoarder almost like not major but she had like hoarding papers and just junk and it was it was awful I had to clean a lot of things I rearranged things to try to make it easier for her and for my dad because they were both recovering they got my dad bought them both new beds like just we did everything to try to accommodate to help her feel more comfort um anyway so my mom had um uh, uh received letters i forgot to mention she had she did receive letters from uh UNM about her appointment and she never told me they had sent probably about 10 letters they had made multiple calls which actually i had her cell phone when she was in the hospital and all those voicemails were on there and she just lied to me and told me she didn't get any notifications from them so that was kind of hard to swallow i got pretty mad about that because i'm thinking man we've been waiting for them to contact you and you lied to me this whole time so that was that like the start of that so anyway um we go to her appointment in april just this past year this april and uh the doctor checks her out and i asked don't you have to scan her brain again or what do you have to do so you can tell she's like oh i know she's all she has parkinson's there's no doubt in my mind that she has parkinson's she has all the symptoms she has everything her tremors are bad like you can tell you know she knew she deals with parkinson's every day people in her profession know what it looks like you know and and it was like a wall again my mom hit it and she was just like oh like i think she really didn't expect a different answer like a different result a different outcome and i think that she mentally kind of held on to that hope that maybe she was gonna get diagnosed as not having parkinson's and and that wasn't the case and 
And I told her, it's okay. You know, we know, we knew that was going to happen. We knew that she was going to be, that she more than likely had Parkinson's. We knew that. And I tried to mentally prepare her for it, but that's not, you know, doable. Anyway, she, um, kind of broke down some more. She kind of let go more. She had already been pretty down anyway after breaking her hip and getting burnt. And she's had like a really bad year, um, getting COVID, everything. Um, then let's see, we, we have been going to appointments and everything like we're supposed to, but the new doctor told us that she had been taking the pills wrong. She wasn't supposed to take them with, with food at all. She was supposed to give herself space between, which was again, awful. And she had to take more. She had to at least take three for it to even be effective. And so fighting with my mom with that was just awful because she wouldn't, she was so stubborn. I don't want to take three. I don't like the way I feel just bad. You know, um, actually she didn't tell us about the food part yet. That comes after this next part. So she ended up back in the hospital just recently. Um, I want to say what July, I think she was back in the hospital. She got really sick, uh, where she couldn't move like her whole right side. So they thought she had a stroke, um, took her in the ambulance again, took her to the hospital. She stayed there about seven days and they were teaching us that she can't take the pills with food. Um, so that, that was when we actually realized that we had been doing it wrong and that she was doing it wrong by taking them at night and just everything. So they really educated us and I love them for that because they really did help us do it right. So we have been taking them four times a day. Um, and without food and everything, you know, we've been doing it as much as possible to do it right. Um, the catch is my mom hides her pills. She throws them sometimes. It's really, um, it's really heartbreaking because you know, that's the one pill that can calm her down and try to help her. And she doesn't want to take it. You know, I don't know if she takes it every single time. Sometimes I see her spit out like she'll, she spits a lot because of the Parkinson's, but I sometimes think she sneaks out the pill. Like she hides it under her tongue and, I found some in the commode that she has in the room. Like just, it's so awful because you think, man, I'm trying so hard to help you. And you just, you have given up so much. You don't even want to take your pill. Like that's just an awful feeling. You know, I moved back. We moved back here so I could be closer to help them. And this was the one place I never wanted to come back. Never in my life did I ever think I'd live here again. And, and I'm happy here. I am. I'm happy with my family and that's all that matters. And I'm close to them and that's all that matters. But like I've given up so much to be able to take care of them. You know, I quit my job. I started um, working for as a caretaker just so I can be their caretaker. Um, and that was tons of hoops to to jump through, man. It was hard to get that all set up, which thank God it did. Um, and it's just when somebody has given up so much, like they just gave up on life period. It's hard, especially when it's your mom or dad. Like my dad has not, he's 95 and he's still pushing and he tells her all the time, you got to try, you got to try. And like, we get her up to go for a walk to the door. She refuses to go outside unless it's for an appointment. I made her a garden. She has been to it one time and that was pretty heartbreaking because I worked really hard on that for her for Mother's Day and, and she didn't even care. She didn't like it. Um, and, and, and emotionally, it's hard. It's hard to, to mentally deal with this stuff. It's hard to see her down to 82 pounds. It's hard to see her not get up. It's hard to hug her and feel like she's just bones, you know? It's hard to see that fire in her is just gone. So, you know, appreciate your parents, guys. Like, really love your mom and dad. If they're sick, they're going through a lot, you know? And if you're a caretaker, you're going through a lot. You know, I don't have anybody out here. I have my husband here, and I have my daughter, and that's it, you know? I have worked straight from technically March 
to me i had to have surgery because i got a hernia from building the garden (laughs) from lifting telephone poles um so i had to have surgery my nephew came out to help me for three days so that was like my three days off that i had to take because i had surgery uh and since that day he left i haven't had a day off i've worked seven days a week like non-stop and trying to fit my life in the middle here and there when I can homeschooling my daughter it's hard it's it's a hard life but I'm so grateful to be able to even be able to take care of her because there's points where I think if she gets any worse I can't take care of her I'm not a doctor you know and I know her being at stage three that her life is limited with me (laughs) And I wish that is I wish it was different. And I know that when my mom goes or my dad goes, that the other one's gonna go pretty quickly after it. And that breaks my heart because they're my world. <laughs> I just can't imagine a world without them. Sorry, guys. I don't need to get so upset. I'm sorry. I just, it's probably something I've needed to get off my chest for a while, so I'm sorry. (laughs) So, anyway, with that, it's just, I can relate to you. If your parent or you have Parkinson's or you know, your family member has Parkinson's I can relate in knowing what you're going through like the feelings the emotions the pain the sadness like everything is all there and if you're doing it alone I can definitely relate to you on that because it sucks it's really shitty Uh, mentally I've broken down so much I am exhausted like I'm just physically and emotionally just exhausted from it and uh, I don't know I don't look forward to the day off because that means that I don't have to take care of them and that only means that something's happened if I don't take care of them so I don't look forward to days off I look forward to just keep working with them and being able to take care of them every day even if they're mean <laughs> they're you're grumpy, they're old, they get grumpy, they are mean. Um, but if you're someone that has a family member that's sick, even if it's not Parkinson's, I mean, and you just want to talk or you feel like, you know, you want to email me or tell me your story, please do. I encourage it. I I would love to hear from someone. You know, I, I've made a few friends um, just from talking with people because I talk about things like on Facebook sometimes that some people do reach out and actually have similar situations. They might not have Parkinson's, but they can relate on the same level. And and, and it's so nice to have people like that because it's hard. It's so hard and you need that kind of emotional, mental help, that support. So please, please feel free to email me. so much for listening to this week's episode of living life out loud um i really appreciate your guys' support and and um sharing your stories with me it's been amazing so far i know i always say that um this is definitely an emotional subject for me because of my mom and because of like seeing this every day is really rough so um it's definitely a tearjerker but i I do want to say that doing this podcast really does help get that emotion out. So it's if it's something, you know, if you're interested in joining me on the podcast or if you have a topic you want to talk about, even if you want me to just read it for you, if you're not comfortable talking on here, this isn't like a live video or anything. So you're just talking like we're talking on the phone. So it's super easy. Um, just keep that in mind. I mean, sometimes just letting it out 
it really does help. I, I do feel like kind of a little bit of a weight was lifted today just getting to talk about this because um, I tried not to bother anybody with it too much, you know, like I give my sister updates as I need to and my husband as I need to and the rest of the time it's just kind of keep it to myself. So it's nice to just let it all out and kind of give some background on, on my personal experience with Parkinson's and I mean, it sucks. <laughs> it's not a fun Thing to see your family member so sick and just deteriorating before your eyes but um but we're getting through it and god's helping us every day so i'd love to be a support for you if you're going through something similar whether it's parkinson's or a different disease there's so many things out there you know please reach out if you have any questions or you have something that you need to get off your chest um even if we don't turn it on to the podcast i'm happy to listen so um keep that in mind so I did want to share some websites with you guys just so you have some resources if you are um, someone with Parkinson's or someone dealing with Parkinson's as a family member. Uh, the first website is the parkinsonsoutreach.org. The, <clears throat> the next one is med, so med.stanford.edu, and you're going to click on Parkinson's. And that one, from what I read, has really good information they do a lot of big studies there and i guess they have like an outreach program that you could be part of whether you're the family member or the person with parkinson's so definitely keep that one in mind the next one is the parkinson's foundation that is www.parkinson.org that one doesn't have an s it's just parkinson the next one is michaeljfox.org so now this one i was actually looking at right now and i love michael j fox because he you know we all knew him from back to the future and just seeing his life from when he got sick to now is just amazing because he's so inspiring and so optimistic to his life that even whatever sickness you have just keeping that op optimism and positive attitude like we've said so many episodes helps you survive like it really does this man has has gone through a lot and i i've seen him on just on his interviews and stuff and 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 it's hard and i can see that it's hard for him to even do what he's doing but he keeps doing it and he even has his own foundation he has um just the research that he's trying to put into it to try to help people that have the same disease as him and it's amazing like you can really change the world if you put your mind to it. Everybody says, oh, you do so much. You do this, you do that. I, I, I don't know how you do, you do this stuff. Well, I just get up and do it. I don't think about, oh, should I? Or, oh, I can't today. Or it's just a matter of putting your mind to something and doing it. Everybody can help somebody every single day. You don't have to have a big old long reason why you're going to do it. You don't need to wait till Christmas. You can help somebody today if you wanted to. You can help people online. There's volunteering places online that you can help. Nothing to do with Parkinson's, but there are some with Parkinson's too. But just so you guys know, you know, that's a whole nother podcast, man. I do want to do one with my nonprofit talking about that one. That's going to be a future one. Um, but there are options, you guys, to keep helping each other, to to be supportive. Even if you know somebody may not be your family that has Parkinson's, maybe just calling them or going to visit them if they're willing to see you. Maybe writing them a letter so their family can read it or something nice like that is simple. So simple would make their day so huge. You know, like it's hard to deal with as it is so you know if you could reach out to somebody do it i encourage you to do it um i know i went off on a tangent there i was talking about michael j fox but i'm just so inspired with how he is and how much he's done and has such a positive attitude um even being sick you know and he survived this disease for 30 plus years and and i've seen it happen in less than three years someone deteriorate before my very eyes all the way to like pretty much nothing you know it's 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 all your mindset is what i'm saying is like if my mom had the thought process to fight to be determined to prove that she could handle this you know get through this and not gonna stop you know i want to i want to walk i want to go outside i want to go places and look at like even to churches or wherever she used to love to go 
if she had that drive to keep wanting to do it, I think she'd be in a, a lot better place than she is now. It's just that that darkness took over, the negative took over, and it, it has her. It has her completely. She's already, you know, she's wrapped up in it so far. It's no matter how much positivity I throw, there's just, it's just shielded with negative. So, I mean, it's all a huge thing with your mental state, with your attitude towards what you're dealing with. So, Anyway, his website is www.michaeljfox.org. I highly recommend checking it out. It's, it's, I'm looking at it right now, and it has information about Parkinson's to understand it for the researchers to take action. There's so much stuff you can do just on his alone. The next one, the Parkinson, Parkinson's Disease Foundation. That one's actually parkinsonfoundation.org. The next one is American Parkinson Disease Association, and that's APDAParkinson.org. And lastly is my email if you need to reach me, my livinglifeoutloud82 at gmail.com. I know I say it every podcast, but I mean it, guys. If you need help, please reach out. If you want more information about Parkinson's or you need some support or you just need a friend to talk to because it's hard, maybe you're dealing with the same thing with your family member. I'm always here. You can write me, reach out to me, and I could call you. Um, don't ever feel like you're alone, okay? Like you're not ever alone in this this situation I know I say I feel alone a lot I do but I am here to help someone else so keep that in mind guys and I did want to share one more because I do have I always like to say the um let me get it real quick the national suicide prevention hotline that number is 1-800-273-8255 so please reach out to somebody you can reach out to me don't ever feel like you don't have any options because you do and you do have support we do care about you so um please please keep that in mind if you're having a really hard time with whatever please keep that in mind um next week i will have another guest on the show um i will give you guys more information of that during the week and um i'll have a blog out hopefully by wednesday and I know I'm not a professional by any means. I already said that. <laughs> so I'm just doing this to try to help somebody in need. You know, if you need it, I'm here for you. So um, please let me know if you need anything, guys. I am happy to help you. And I hope you have a blessed and wonderful weekend. Thank you again so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week.